Howdy guys and gals and my music loving pals. I'm your host, Lauren Vitanza, and it's time to face the music. Welcome back to my podcast. I'm so glad y'all are here to join me this week. Today is my first Blast from the Past cast episode, and I can't wait to get into it. I was really proud of that name, and I'm so excited to discuss um, some of my favorite decades of music. Um, I'm hoping to get into songs and artists all the way from 70s folk rock to 80s pop to 90s punk rock to early 2000s. Um, Right now, I'll be doing the Blast from the Past cast episodes once a month. I'm hoping to get some guests on those episodes as well, Um, but as time goes on, I may switch it up. I may do it, you know, once a week along with my other episodes. I'm I'm not sure, but we'll we'll see. Um, So I've thought a lot about how to do these episodes and what ways I should break them down. Should I do it by by genre, by artist, by decade? And I just I think I decided doing it by genre um, for each episode was the best way to get multiple artists and decades into one episode. Uh, this week I'm gonna start with folk rock because it is my favorite genre. There are a lot of really talented folk folk rock artists, and it was really hard leaving out <laughs> a lot of good ones. Um, but I can always revisit genres because it's my podcast and I do what I want. <laughs> Uh, so this isn't as popular of a genre as rock or pop music because of the big business involved with those and the industrialization of those genres, but there are a lot of great musicians and influencers a part of uh, folk rock music. So folk music is kind of the base for most styles of music, for country, for blues, for bluegrass, for uh, rap, even some rap music, you know, it, it's all evolved from folk music and a lot of these songs tend to still have aspects of folk, um, but they have evolved into more of a pop sound. Um, so there there are so many folk artists that like, have had really big influences in the music industry, and for me perf- personally, they've really impacted me personally. Of course, artists like Bob Dylan and Towns Van Zandt have changed the ways of songwriting and music composition by making timeless songs with an incorporation of Americana and, and some blues. And then Joni Mitchell inspired females to become a part of the folk music industry. She paved a way for them just in music in general. So um, I think it's it's really clear to see that folk, folk music and, and the artists in that has really impacted a, a big portion of the music industry. Um, now, folk rock music, it has aspects of folk music dispersed throughout songs and albums with the acoustic guitars, the harmonicas, the breathy vocals, strong melodies, but with that addition of the electric guitars and the synth and the drum solos. Uh, So I I think what makes this type of music so great, and one of my favorites, is just the musical leaps that it makes by converging those two major genres. I think it allows for some really great moments in musical history. Today, I will I will get the opportunity of discussing uh, some of my favorite bands, favorite bands, or favorite artists in the folk rock genre. So the Eagles is my favorite band of all time. Nico Case 
and Steve Young, and they have made some of the best and most listened to songs, and they've really used their voices, their musical knowledge, and their instrumental skills to their advantage. Um, So to start, I will begin with my favorite band, the Eagles. My dad really liked the Eagles when I was growing up, so um, I spent a lot of time listening to them and their music. At the time, I think mostly what we listened to was their greatest hits album because those are the CDs that he had. Um, but I really liked their sound. During the drum solos, my dad would always bang on the dash of his truck like he was, you know, Don Henley himself. Um, and as I got older, I knew those solos too because, you know, I was listening to their music more. And so we would drum together and it was just like a little little, little cute moment for us. Um but the Eagles, so the Eagles have had many members throughout the years. Um, obviously, they have, if you can, if you just listen to their music, they have multiple guitarists in their songs and um, vo- and vocalists as well. So they've had a lot of members, but the main members that they have had are lead singer and drums, Don, on, uh, on drums is Don Henley. Uh, another lead vocalist and guitarist is Glenn Fry. And then guitarist Joe Walsh and then bass guitarist Timothy B. Schmidt. So uh, Don Henley tends to sing more of the rock songs like Hotel California or Witchy Woman, while Glenn Fry sings the more folk-sounding songs like Peaceful Easy Feeling and um, like Best of My Love and stuff like that, A New Kid in Town. So Glenn Fry passed away in 2016, um, and, and he was pretty young too. I, I think he died from pneumonia, I, I think, and so it was... It was a really sad moment, especially for me, you know, I mean, at the time I was in high school and um, no one understood what I was talking about when I said that Glenn Fry died today. Everybody's like, okay. <laughs> I was like, it was really upsetting, you know. Um, but his son Deacon, along with country music star Vince Gill, they have joined the band not to replace Glenn Fry, but to fill that position, you know, because he's irreplaceable. Um, I think... I think it's really something that Deacon gets to work in the band where his dad spent his most successful years, you know? Um, Like, can you imagine, one, being the son of one of the, you know, most, like, one of the most successful, like, he's he's one of the most successful musicians, a part of one of the greatest bands of all time. And two, now being a part of that band and getting to tour and play those classic songs as the member, as a singer and as a guitarist. Like, I I can't even imagine that. And he's so young, too. I think he's, like, I don't know, mid-20s. Like, what the heck? You know, that is, like, I feel like that would be, as a musician, regardless if you're related to anybody, that's got to be, like, the best moment in your life. Like, wow, I've, I'm part of one of the greatest bands of all time, and, and now you're, like, getting to sing in the band your dad's been his time. Like, that's just such a cool moment. Also... Um, this is really isn't that important, but I had no idea that Vince Gill was married to Amy Grant. If you don't know Amy Grant, she's a Christian singer. Um, that's just like, that's not really that important. I just, I just had no clue, but you know, that's pretty cool. But he was also, he's a country music uh, musician. So uh, I think it's really cool that he's, he's in the band as well. Um, my mom got to go see them in concert recently, um, with her friend. She did not invite me. Uh, but it's okay. Actually, before she went, she said, I don't even like the Eagles that much. I was like, what the heck? Get out of here. Like, I was so, I was so upset. But, of course, she had a really good time. And But she said that Vince Gill and, and Deacon Fry were really good in the band um, with where they were. Uh, so that's really cool to see that they're still really successful and getting to 
um, you know, be really good with different members um, like that. So that's really cool. She brought me back a t-shirt if that's anything, um, but it's fine, whatever. <laughs> uh, so the Eagles' Greatest Hits album is still one of the best-selling albums in the United States, which is crazy, but awesome. Um, and then some of their most popular songs are Hotel California, Best of My Love, Desperado, Take It Easy. Um, this was based on research I did, so don't get triggered if those aren't your favorite songs. But um, they also have many other great songs, so it's okay. Um, but I've also talked about it before on here. I named my sheep Glenn after Glenn Fry. His name was Glenn. Uh so, and it's because I, I really love Glenn Bry because of his voice, uh, and I, I just, I really love the Eagles. <laughs> um, but Don Henley, Glenn Fry, and Joe Walsh all had their own careers as well. I don't know if Timothy B. Schmidt has his own career, but I know that he was, he played in other bands. Um, so I would say that Don Henley's career by himself was the most successful out of them three. He... Um, like his was mostly in the eighties, but he had songs like Dirty Laundry, The Heart of the Matter. Um, Glenn Fry had some really good songs too. The Heat is on from Beverly Hills Cop. And then his nineteen eighty four album, The All Nighter, had some really good ones. Go check out Lover's Moon on that one. It's a really good moody song. Oh, and then Joe Walsh had some popular songs as well called Life's Been Good and Rocky Mountain Way. Those are probably his most popular ones. Those really highlighted his amazing guitar playing. I think he was also in a band called James Gang. Uh, I think he replaced one of the members who had left the band. Um, Funk 49 is one of the songs. Funk number 49. It's really good. Uh, but it, it has that, you know, amazing guitar playing. But you can also hear him sing. Uh, he has a little bit of a different voice than Don Henley and, and Glenn Frey. Um, but I, I think I, I really like it. So if y'all want to go check out him from that era of his life that was like early 70s time too so it was before uh just a little bit before um the eagles so uh getting into like my favorite songs i have to start with hotel california of course this song is super weird i know all the words um like i I know my sister used to take videos of me because i would sit on the couch or whatever and i could sing the whole song like guitar parts and everything the whole way, like without, without messing up or without stopping. It was, uh, unusual for like a middle schooler or high schooler to, to, uh, be, be able to do that. But, um, I think like, it's been, honestly, it's been a really long time since I've sung a song without also singing the guitar and the drum parts. And I think I have this song to blame for that because this really made me, uh, do that. I mean, I have to sing, you know, I gotta sing the drums, I got, I, I got to, you know, hit the drums in the air as I'm, as I'm singing them. I got to sing the guitars. I got to sing the vocals. Like I'm out of breath out of this song. It's tough being a one, one man or one, one woman band. <laughs> um, but my next favorite song is Nightingale, which is one that's not very popular. I don't understand why I really like this song. Um, this song is from their first album entitled Eagles from 1972 uh, it's sung by Don Henley. It's really, it's like more of a fun song, I guess. It's not all like extremely moody or, or weird like Hotel California is, but the back, the backup vocals are my favorite. They really just take this song to the next level. Like it's, it's just so good. I, I really like the song. I don't understand why it didn't really get 
popular, but then, I mean, I'm sure, you know, the bands don't know which other songs are going to become popular either. So, um, so next uh, that's on my favorites is Tequila Sunrise from their 1973 album, Desperado. This song is led by Glenn Fry, and it is also my ringtone. The very beginning of it is my ringtone, which nobody knows that, but I do. It's in my heart. <laughs> um, this song has a lot more folk sound to it. I think that's probably why I like it so much. You can really hear the difference between Glenn Fry's voice and Don Henley's voice um, between those two songs. Uh, I, but I think the songs that they ended up singing in, you know, the Eagles' career were perfect for them. You know, Glenn Fry's voice really worked well for more of the folk-sounding songs. And Don Henley's, like, higher pitch kind of strained nasally type voice worked better for those rock songs i think that they they really did that um that well uh in this one there is a little bit like you know there's that acoustic guitar moment and it does have like a south of the border type sound to it um so i I really like that part of this song as well lastly one of these nights from their 1975 album one of these nights (laughs) it's the name of the album um that's like also one of my favorites. What really grabs me with their music is there's so much going on, but in a good way. Like every time you listen to it, you can focus on a new instrument or, or sound that just adds levels to each song. At the beginning of this one, the bass opens it up, you know, bow, 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 bow. and then the guitar sound has this little, like a little, like I don't, I don't know how to spell that. I don't know how you, I don't know how, how but that that's what it sounds like. But it's consistent throughout the whole song, and if you listen to it, you can hear it like it, it's there the whole time. And then the the piano's in there too, and that's going the whole time. And you you don't, it's not something you really are supposed to notice in the song, but it's one of those things that if it was not there, you would notice the song doesn't have you know, that kind of quality without the piano. So that also really adds something to it. And um, and then there's the drums, and they have their moments. And then there's that electric guitar. That really carries the song from an average song to a fantastic song. The whines and the high notes are just so good. Joe Walsh really knows what's up, and he's really talented. Like, I, honestly, I don't know if people, you cannot, like, it's okay if you don't agree with me, but I think he's up there with, like, you know, Mark Knopfler type guitar playing. Like, he, he's he's really good. Um, but their music is just, it's just made up of stories and sadness and hurt and love. And they do so well at making you feel that when you listen to their songs. And and I, I just I just love this band so much. <laughs> I really hope you go take a listen to them. On the, the playlist I have on my social media where I add songs each week, that are, that I put on the podcast, I'll add my favorite ones on there so y'all can go listen to them. And um, they they just really have that good mixture of folk and rock. And I'm really glad that they're still, you know, still together. And like some, I know sometimes bands that have been together for a long time try to make new music and it really just fails. Um, but they haven't really tried to do anything crazy or mess anything up. I know that they've had added Deacon and they've added Vince Gill, but they're it's really, it's still good. Like they're still, they're still thriving and I'm really, really happy for them. And I don't, I just love them so much. And I really hope that y'all go and give them a listen. The next artist that I have to discuss today is Nico Case. Uh, how I kind of learned about her was actually from a TV show. I was watching this show 
called Veronica Mars, um, which stars Kristen Bell. And it was a TV show from the early 2000s. So they had a lot of Nico K songs in, you know, the background of the episodes. And in the show, uh, Kristen Bell's character, she's the main character, um, had a boyfriend who played music for our uh, radio station. So he talked about Nico Case a lot and played her music as well. So as I was watching the show, I was kind of like, what is this? Who is this person they keep talking about? And I guess at the time, you know, that was a big reference. So everybody who was watching the show at the time would understand it. Um, and when I went and looked her up, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I really, I really liked her music. I, I really loved her voice and, and I really liked her sound. She has this smoky voice that I think really captures her audience in the right way. And the sound of her songs have that folk sound to it and that twang in them, but they also have this like darkness. And I think her, her guitars and the, the way she, um, does the effects on her vocals and the sounds and things really has that dark effects. And then her lyrics also capitalize on that. Um, and one of her most famous songs, um, which is, uh, I think has to be my favorite is called hold on, hold on. Um, her lyrics have a really dark type sad message, I guess. It's about someone who hasn't had the kind of love that they expect or want. And so they're kind of apathetic about it. Kind of love is pointless. Um, in a way, according to the lyrics that she has. So, um, but in, in the chorus, I can just feel like the eye rolling when she's like, it, you know, it says, uh, that echo chorus lied to me with its hold on, hold on, you know, like, wait, you know, wait for it, you know, you, you'll get there. But I can just feel like that when she's singing that she's like rolling her eyes, like, okay, they told me to hold on and wait out, but this sucks. I hate this, you know, type of thing. So it's kind of, it's kind of funny because you can feel that with the lyrics and with the way the music is done too. Um, she's also collaborated and had a lot of success um, working with a bunch of different bands. She's worked with uh, a Canadian band called the Sadies, and then she played with a band called, I think I'm saying this right, Mao, Mao, Mao and the Weasels. I don't know if I'm saying that right. And then she had a backing band, um, Her Boyfriends, what <laughs> she called them, for her 2000 album, uh, Furnace Room Lullaby. I, I really like that album. It has a lot more of a country influence in that album. Um, I think that was like one of her first ones she did kind of on her own with this band. Uh, my favorite song on the album is the first track, Set Out Running. It's really a sad song and one that I like to bet, belt out, but um, she really has a, a way of making some moody, some folk rock music really moody and um, adding a lot of intriguing sounds into her songs too. Uh, the guitars in that one have a lot more of a twang to it and, and the tambourine and then the cry of that steel guitar helps create her like really distinct sound. Um, a Widow's Toast is also a good song from her 2008 album, Fox Confessor Brings the Flood. <laughs> it's such a weird title. Um, the, the vibration sound in the background gives the song kind of a, like a suspense, like an anxious type sound to it. And then the echoed vocals also, they sound really cool. And then uh, along those with, along with the abrupt ending, I think really exaggerate the pain that the song um, is trying to express. Uh, the next, the very next song on that album is called That Teenage Feeling. I really like the song. It's also a really, really good song. It's slightly more uplifting, I think. Um, it's uh, it's kind of got like um, this bounce to it with the piano. 
so it makes it seem more of happy a happier song but she also has these minor chords in there um that give it something extra and really make the song really interesting to actually listen to uh i think this song's filled with more hope you know about waiting out for that um uh, for the feeling that you actually want uh but in the background the guitar is kind of like making this rough like repeat a repetitive sound with the same notes and i think it, it makes the song kind of confusing in a good way like the with the the um bouncing of the piano makes it have more of a happy sound while that guitar in the background and those minor chords give it more of a sad sound to it so i think it's you know about hope for a better future but it also conveys that sadness for not having that feeling yet that you're having you know that you're hoping for so it's kind of it's kind of like a, a bitter uh sweet song she has she has a lot of really good songs um i'm actually really glad i was able to experience her music and find her and you know there's so many different ways you can find music and artists but you know you know they say that you don't learn anything from tv but in this case i wouldn't have an artist to talk about on this podcast without tv I'm just saying, <laughs> uh, but uh, so I, I'm really glad I was able to experience her music and just, and, and I really like that darkness and the moods that she kind of expresses with her songs. So she's really good. Y'all should go check her out as well. Lastly, another great influencer and songwriter of folk rock music is, is Steve Young. Steve Young has written a lot of successful music that has been covered by a multitude of famous musicians. One of my favorite songs by him is Seven Bridges Road. I think the most famous performance of that song is the live version uh, by the Eagles. Uh, And there's also a live version done by Alan Jackson where he puts more of a bluegrass spin on it. Um, And while those artists do a really great job at singing those songs, I think uh, that Young's versions are just better personally. Um, at the time, he was writing songs for his sound and how he would perform them. And uh, while the artists who covered those songs did tweet them for their own personal sound, you know, the Eagles added more of a rock sound to it. Alan Jackson put his bluegrass thing in there. Um, the originals are superior because he wrote them with his sound in mind. Um, other famous artists such as Joan Baez, Towns Van Zandt, Hank Williams Jr., and Waylon Jennings have also covered a Steve Young song. Um, a tremendously successful song in the country music industry it, um, is Lonesome, Henri, and Mean, which was a cover by Waylon Jennings, which Steve Young actually wrote. And so um, I think it's kind of seen as like an anthem for con- the country music industry. And it's uh, something like 10 or so artists have covered that song. I know Seven Bridges Road has like 30 covers of that song. Like it's it's crazy how many people have actually covered songs that he wrote about. and But most people don't even know that Steve Young wrote those songs. Um, I think he has a really interesting voice. It can be really powerful at times. And I really like that. I really like how he, he can make it, you know, kind of break at some points. Um, and like he strains it in a good way. I'm sure it's not good for his vocal cords, but it makes it sound a lot better. Um, but like a lot of artists, he can demonstrate that pain and emotion with his voice and he really uses it to his advantage. Uh, I think some of his songs kind of have a sound similar to Jim Croach. Um, he's also another successful folk artist. Uh, if you want to check out some songs by him, oh, one 
one of his songs I would go listen to if you want to listen is Walking Back to Georgia. That's a really good one. And then some of Young's other songs sound similar to Glenn Campbell with he has some of the strings in the background, um, like the string instruments that he incorporates in those songs. And I think it, it makes him sound like a lot of Glenn Campbell songs. Um, a song you might want to start with with Glenn Campbell would be uh, Gentle On My Mind. Um, on Young's 1969 album, Rock Salt and Nails, the song Rock Salt and Nails is really good. It was more recently covered by Tyler Childers with his, on his live album from 2018. Um, I actually read that on his Rock Salt and Nails album, he had cameos by Graham Parsons and Gene Clark, which are some other uh, folk rock artists that I also enjoy. Um, if you want to listen to them, In My Hour of Darkness by Graham Parsons is really good. And then No Other and Past Addresses are good songs by Gene Clark. I know I'm spitting out a lot of artists and songs today, um, but I honestly think it's really helpful to round out this genre, as well as kind of see the influence that Steve Young had in music. He um, he had a lot of great artists perform his songs and perform with him. And so I'm just, you know, kind of spitting them out there for y'all. So um, I think his most successful albums are Renegade Picker and No Place to Fall. Uh, Renegade Picker has some more twangy sounds to it. It's a, it's a lot more of a country album, I would say. And, and it has a lot more fast-paced fast songs in it, too. Um, I think they would make for some, some really good dancing songs. <laughs> um, Montgomery... In the Rain on No Place to Fall from 1978 is, is is one of the best songs from that album. His folk rock sound is really exaggerated in that song, and, and he performs it really well, too. Uh, the electric guitar has was a great addition to this song, and, and um, it, it really added a lot to it. Uh, Seven Bridges Road is also in this album. He has it on his first album, Rock, Salt, and Nails, uh, and he also has it on this album, No Place to Fall. There are li- he changes it a little bit on this second album, I think they're both really good. Um, he has that a, a really talented guitar picking that sounds it sounds effortless in this song, but it's just so good. Um, and then finally, uh, one of the best his he does a cover of "Don't Think Twice, It's All Right," and that's also on this album, um, "No Place to Fall." This song was written and released by Bob Dylan in like the early sixties, I think, like sixty two, and uh, Steve Young really made. Uh, the most of covering this song. Bob Dylan, when he sang this song, it it, it definitely was a folk song, but it had like a softer, um, it, it was, it was I don't know, it wasn't as extreme of a song. It wasn't as hard of a song, I guess. Um, but <laughs> Steve Young really goes hard when he covers this song. His voice, like there was times when I was listening to it on my headphones, I was like, whoa, you know, like, calm down there. <laughs> like, he, he really was getting into this song, and he, and he can really, he really uses his voice well to convey those, those feelings and that power. Um, the original version of this song is good, though. I just think it's, it's just Steve Young's version had a, a lot more emotion to it. Um, he, was, he was really able to put his own spin on it. He had a lot more of a twang to it. The use of his electric guitar and the constant picking in the piano, I think, really elevated this song to a level that I think might be better than the original. That's just my opinion, though. Um, I really like Steve Young, and I think it's really cool to see that so many artists appreciate his music and continue to show that appreciation and respect by covering his song. I mean, um, 
that you know the song Rock Salt and Nails that Tyler Childers uh, covered was just two years ago. I mean, people are still continuing to use his songs and to make them to make them their own, and I, I you know, that's really exciting to see um, like these beginnings of a music industry or you know the the rawness I guess of the of this section of music of the folk rock industry um still being dispersed into newer music you know kids who aren't into old music today if they like Tyler Childers are going and listening to this album and they're hearing this song for the first time and they're really liking what they're hearing but it's really cool to know too that they're actually hearing something from the 70s that had a huge impact on the future of folk rock music and music in general. So it's really exciting that, you know, artists are still doing that um, with Steve Young's music. He just made, he made such a huge impact in the folk rock music industry, just in country music industry and just music in general. And, and I really hope that y'all enjoyed learning and about him and hearing about, um, all of these, you know, timeless artists and songs that I talked about today. I'm really glad I got to share some of my knowledge. I mean, it's better than, you know, going on a, on the sidewalk and just telling a stranger about my knowledge because no one is going to listen to me. But now I have a platform to do that, of course. Um, but also, you know, showing y'all some really good and some really classic music. Uh, again, I'll be putting the songs I discussed today, probably not the other artists, um, that I talked about that covered Steve Young, but just the three artists, the Eagles, Nico Case, and Steve Young. I'll be putting the songs I talked about from them today on my playlist, my Face the Music playlist on Spotify. And you can find the links in uh, the Spotify code is on my Twitter header, which you can scan. The I, My pinned tweet has the link to the uh, Spotify, and then the same the code is also on, on my Instagram uh page as well so you can go find those um my instagram is face the music underscore podcast and my twitter is at ftm underscore podcast make sure you go follow those each week i'll be posting announcements for new episodes and and you know posting on there who i'll be talking about that week and i also post and tweet about new music and and some new artists who put out some stuff so if you that might help you keep um, keep up to date with some newer songs and things like that. So you can kind of listen to them. Um, so I love y'all and I'm so excited y'all were able to be here this week and, um, I'll talk to y'all next week.